What's up, guys? Welcome to the Fantasy Mafia Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry, a.k.a. Action Boss. I'm here alongside my co-host, Dr. Fantasy, and today we have one of our admins, Blake. Blake, what's going on today? How we doing? What's, uh, how's, how's life going on right now? You know, life's going. I'm here in Chicago. Things are kind of um, not looking so good in terms of COVID, but, you know, what can you do? Just got to take it day by day and uh, just waiting for some fantasy to kind of uh, cheer me up here and get uh, things back to a little bit of semblance of normalcy. Yeah, we're about a month away from the NFL regular season. Uh, we still have a few more rankings episodes to do, and that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to switch it up a little bit. Um, the running back rankings that we did, we spread them over three episodes and, and kind of went a little bit long in those episodes. So what we're going to do today is take a consensus top 30 that we found and kind of just go round table on them. So instead of every one of us breaking down each each player, uh, we kind of just split them up and we'll go. We'll do it in two different episodes. So today we'll do 30 to 16 and then next week we'll do the top 15. Um, so with the list that we're using now is PPR rankings through Fantasy Pros. Um, so they have AJ Green starting out at number thirty here, and Doc, you get to kick off the show with AJ Green, and uh, let us know what you feel about him this year, and where would you draft him, and and kind of just keep that same format throughout the show, and let's get these top top thirty wide receivers talked about. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that uh, randomly AJ Green got assigned to me because I know probably a month and a half ago I was really down on AJ Green. And I really wanted nothing to do with him. I mean, not even in the least bit. But, I mean, the more you look at it, especially going wide receiver 30 off the board at that point, that's fantastic value when you look at it. I mean, this is a guy that when he's been healthy, and he has been for the most part during his career, it's just been more recently. So, and he's always been a consensus top 10, top 12 guy, and he's always finished in that range. So I do think he offers quite a bit of upside Based on some of the medical reports that I've read, it seems like in the short term he's going to be fine. And they say anywhere between one to two more peak years for him. And then beyond that, it may be a little troublesome. So if you're in a dynasty league and he has a big year this season, I would probably be selling on him. But I mean, a lot of people also point to the fact that they think Tyler Boyd's young and upcoming and going to take a lot of those targets away. And I don't think I necessarily agree with that. I think they're two different kind of receivers. Obviously, A.J. Green's more dominant, more of a deep ball threat. Tyler Boyd is more of just a slot receiver running short to intermediate routes. So I'm sure we're going to talk about him a little bit as well in a few uh, guys here, sneak preview there. But uh, A.J. Green, I think, offers tremendous upside. I think he has wide receiver one upside, and if you can grab him as your third or fourth wide receiver, uh, I like that spot for him. And I'll also mention this offense, which I don't think a lot of people talk about, but Zach Taylor coming over from the Rams. Last season, they had the six most pass attempts, and I'd expect that to stay true this year as well. They have a very young defense I think they'll be playing from behind quite a bit, so that's going to be a favorable game script for their passing game. So there's a lot to like with A.J. Green, but like I said, long-term, if I'm the Bengals, I'm not giving them a long-term deal, and I think that'll be something interesting to monitor. I really like T. Higgins, and I think he's a logical replacement there. But if you're uh, talking just strictly redraft, he has great value right now. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, he's definitely in that. He's kind of in that list where you're later on in the draft and, okay, I know this name. Do I want to grab him? Oh, but he missed all of last year. Maybe I don't want to grab him. So it's kind of up in the air. I would love to have him as my wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Um, Blake, we are on to you for Jarvis Landry staying here in the AFC North. 
Yeah, and it's kind of ironic um, that um, I landed on Jarvis Landry here because uh, I wrote an article about him not too long ago, kind of defending him. And let me let me just put this out there. You know, I never thought of Jarvis Landry as anything all that special. You know, he flashed uh, with the Miami Dolphins several years back, but outside of that, he never really did anything. I was always more of a standard kind of scoring person, so I never really saw the appeal of him. You know, obviously now I'm kind of doing half PPR and PPR leagues and kind of getting a little bit more variety. So obviously Jarvis Landry is becoming a lot more interesting to me and um, what I really love about him is um, just the fact that um, this offense doesn't really know what they want to be exactly you know you had Baker Mayfield break out two years ago but then last year he had some major regression Uh, Odell Beckham can't seem to stay on the field you know they have a kind of a hodgepodge of tight ends and if you're really looking for um, kind of just some consistency especially if early you drafted some kind of boom bust guys Jarvis Landry is a really nice addition to the team to kind of level some things out you know he's going to kind of get the dump off passes along with Kareem Hunt because he's operating kind of in that hybrid running back wide receiver role but Jarvis Landry is definitely going to be getting some um, looks from Baker Mayfield especially if he continues to struggle and even if he doesn't just a quick dump off pass um, is definitely uh, something that he might be looking for so I definitely like Jarvis Landry as a wide receiver three wide receiver four he's not the most sexy type of wide receiver three that you want your team but obviously it's going to kind of come down to your team construction and how that looks and how you drafted early on so if you went uh you know running back heavy early on uh he's definitely a nice wide receiver to add to it's kind of in the sense uh kind of the same uh conversation as julian edelman you know the past couple years he's a nice little addition that it could really go off for you for your team and have some sneaky value yeah definitely a good analysis on jarvis landry i know we got a bunch of guys that are in our in our group that are really high on him one (laughs) one in particular right dog but uh yeah, yeah, I mean he's he's definitely he's definitely a good player to get if you're later on in the draft too. Um, that one snake from that, yeah. yeah. I, did, I, did, I grabbed him in our uh, our dynasty league. We're drafting it right now. Yeah, it's it's a good play. Um, we're on the twenty eight. That's me staying in the AFC North again, and and uh, we got Tyler Boyd here, so kind of ties into what uh, Jordan already talked about. Doc already talked about with AJ Green. Um, obviously, the past two years have kind of been Tyler Boyd's best two years. Last year, without AJ Green on the field at all, had a thousand yard season. The year before, with AJ Green on the field, had a thousand yard season. But now, like everything's changing. He was in the system for Zach Taylor last year. Um, but now they got a new quarterback, new offensive coordinator. Uh, AJ Green presumably is coming back. And uh, at least to start the season, who knows how long he's going to last. But um, that should take some pressure off of him. He's, uh, like I said, he's, he's put up 1,000 yards, five touchdowns last year. And this is without a, a legit A.J. Green on the other side. Um, he pretty much was the number one out there. He, he kind of did what you wanted from Juju Smith-Schuster without Antonio Brown there. Um, but now that A.J. Green's there, they went out and drafted T. Higgins. It's a nice spot for him. I mean, you're not really going to get into – you're not going to get wide receiver one numbers from him specifically uh, because of all the targets on that offense and a rookie quarterback going to that offense. But I do like to take a gamble on him if he's in a good spot. I would definitely like to grab him as like a – I would take him as a wide receiver too, but if he drops into the wide receiver three range, um, I would definitely be more comfortable grabbing him there, get him, getting him as a flex. But um, he's still young. He's uh, only twenty. He's going. He's gonna be twenty six years old. But um, he's he's gonna be after AJ Green leaves. If this is his last year there, he's gonna grow with uh, Joe Burrow, and I think these two are gonna make an awesome combination for years to come. Up next, we got 
Number 27 here, Stefan Diggs, and that goes over to you, Doc. Yeah, and I've talked about Stefan Diggs a few times, and the biggest concern for me is just his offense as a whole. I mean, when you're talking wide receivers, you're really looking for volume, and I'm a little questionable in terms of how much volume Diggs is going to see. And I, I know he's the wide receiver one there, but the reality is this is a ground-and-pound team. Uh, they were 21st in pass attempts last season, so a little more balanced than a lot of people may think. But I think him and John Brown, even though Diggs is much more talented than John Brown, they're fighting for similar targets. And when you look at his success with the Vikings, he was right around, he averaged 24, uh, he had the 24th most points per game at the wide receiver position last season. I think that's reasonable to expect that. Maybe a slightly higher because this offense does pass a little more than the Vikings did last season. So maybe you see him become a low-end wide receiver too. But I know I see a lot of people talking about him as a potential wide receiver, one with top 10 upside. I personally don't see that in this offense. I do like the uh, the intrigue of him and Josh Allen together. You know, Josh Allen has that big extremely inaccurate arm but if he ever can get his accuracy down I think him and Diggs could be a really dynamic combination I'm not personally optimistic about that but I think it's intriguing to see how that develops over the course of the next few years but I I think he's being drafted fairly right now wide receiver 27 may be a little low but realistically I don't think he finishes much higher than a low-end wide receiver too yeah, I really like that analysis and something I just want to add to it because you, you kind of hit the nail on the head was it's kind of funny because you know what offense could really use a Stefan Diggs is the Vikings. It's almost like Thielen should go over to, you know, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, yeah. they got Cole Beasley, but it's like they both, the, you know, Justin Jefferson and Thielen kind of have the same sort of, you know, style and, and they get the kind of the go, go over the slot and, you know, Diggs and John Brown tend to, you know, work outside. So it's, it's just kind of funny to me that, you know, they took Diggs. Obviously, Diggs wanted out, but whatever yeah we'll see how it works out they've uh, they've been working together in the off season um and obviously camp started up so i haven't really seen many videos or anything from how they're doing behind closed doors but they definitely uh i think they're gonna i think they'll be all right i mean he might have a little bit of a down year compared to what stefan Diggs. we know that he can do but i think it's they're he's he's under contract for the next three or four years so hopefully they could uh build and grow together next up we got number 26 ty hilton and I'm definitely intrigued to see what you what you feel about him, Blake. So um, I've I've kind of gone on a, a roller coaster out with T.Y. Hilton over the years. You know, I only started playing fantasy like 10 years ago, and one of the guys that I kind of relied on was T.Y. Hilton. He was really great coming the first three years he was in the league. Um, he was going like seven five seven touchdowns, a thousand yard seasons, and you know he kind of trailed off there, or so I thought. But you know, for this analysis, I kind of wanted to make sure I had the stats in front of me, so I pulled him up. Do you guys realize that in the last since 2012, um, the most amount of games he's missed is 10 or uh, pardon me, six in one season, the regular season games every every year. It's been 15, 16, 15, 16, 16, 14, 10. And to me, it seems like he's missed like almost like half the games. And it really he really hasn't. And he's stayed pretty consistent in terms of his yardage and his touchdowns. Um, A thousand yards, 1300 yards, 1100 yards, 1400, 966, a little on the low on 1200, you know, five touchdowns, seven, five, six, four, six. So I think he's really um, undervalued right now. Um, You know, last season was his bad year. You know, he had 10 played 10 games, 500 yards, uh, 68 targets, five touchdowns. 
But for you know, for only being in ten games, he's kind of stayed right around his median and his touchdowns. So I think if he can stay healthy this season, he's he could be interesting. Now there is that sort of um, unknown there with the new quarterback, but I think Philip Rivers is you know as, as it pains me to say an upgrade on, on Jacoby Brissett. Now you also have Pittman there, and you know uh, Paris Campbell could break out, but I, I think he still has a chance to finish a lot higher than he's being drafted right now. So I'd be comfortable taking him again at wide receiver three. Yeah, definitely. It's a, that's a huge upgrade for him uh, with uh, with Philip Rivers. So I'm excited to see how that plays out there. Next up for me, number 25 is Devonte Parker. I'm kind of glad that it landed on me. I really like him. Um, last year, I was I went into the off season thinking that if Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting the season. Or if Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing the season, I think Devontae Parker could finally have his breakout year. And we've waited five years for this, and it finally happened. Um, now the biggest key and biggest question is consistency. Was was 2019 just a fluke? They also they they drafted Tua within the within the first round this year. So is he going to get a chance to play? If he does play, is that going to affect guys like Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, Mike Gusecki, or is that going or they, is he going to come in and be able to step in and and chuck the ball around like Ryan Fitzpatrick does? Ryan Fitzpatrick is a quarterback that just doesn't care. He's he's out there. He's playing his games on Sunday. He's throwing the ball 50 times a game and getting it to his receivers. He's also turning the ball over a lot. They're not winning many games. But for fantasy, you want a quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing your wide receivers the ball. So as long as he's throwing the ball, I'm fully comfortable with a guy like Devontae Parker. The, there's a back-and-forth debate in our group almost every other day between Devontae Parker and Jarvis Landry, this and that. So I'm kind of glad that Devontae Parker is a little higher than Landry. Kind of shut that debate up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns last year. They Again, I don't think they're going to be a good team. They're going to definitely be improved, but they're still going to need to throw the ball a lot, try to get back into some games. So I can see I can see another solid season out of Devontae Parker. Uh, for the most part, as long as Fitz is there, if if Tua comes in, it might go down a little bit. But um, yeah, I definitely like Devontae Parker, and I would like to get my hands on him. I think that his draft stock has definitely risen since the season that he had last year. But um, if he if he lands in a in a good spot, I'll definitely take him. You know, and one thing I want to add, or two things I want to add, is, you know, I, I love Devontae Parker. I've been rooting for him all this time, so last year I kind of took my victory lap on him. Uh, he's going a little higher for my blood, but, you know, now that Hearns and Albert Wilson aren't going to be there, and they don't really have a pass-catching run running back, so to speak, I really like Devontae Parker this year. He could he could be great. I'll, I'll pay up for him. Yeah, I mean, you don't really think that yeah. those two wide receivers opting out really affect Parker and Williams, but they kind of do. I mean, not that yeah. not that they really took targets away, but it just it, it gives them basically more time on the field and, and more or more snap counts. Yeah, definitely. And Jerry, you know, I have to bring up that they do have a new offensive scheme this year, which I've talked <laughs> at length about with Chan Gailey. I mean, he this is a very pass happy offense. He likes running his offense and in, in a way where there's a very strong X wide receiver, and that's exactly what Devonte Parker is. I think he's going to dominate in this offense and take a huge target share. And just to put an exclamation point on how effective he was last season, I mean, I know people know he had a big second half, but he was the highest scoring wide receiver in the entire AFC the second half of the season. So he showed his potential there and with a new offense, a new coordinator that's really going to play to his strengths. I think he could have another big top 10 season. I really do. 
Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to see and see how he does with Preston Williams back too. Uh, next up, we're going to you, Doc, for DK Metcalf. Good old DK Metcalf. I uh, I know you're disappointed <laughs> you don't get to talk about one of your big wide receivers, but I feel like I'm in the minority. Here, oh my god. <laughs> I know. I'm not quite as excited about DK Metcalf as other people, and that's not a knock on his talent. I think he has all the talent in the world. I just don't know if he's quite ready to make that leap into a wide receiver one territory, and the reason I say that is he's still really inconsistent, and I know people look at the numbers last year. They look at what he did in the playoffs, and they say, man, you know, he's ready to take that next big leap, but I'm not as confident. When you look at his week-to-week production last year, and even towards the end of the season, he had a few big games but he had one game where he had zero yards, I believe it was week uh, 15 or 16. So he really has to work on that consistency before you can rely on him as a consistent fantasy asset. And when you look at his season as a whole, he was 41st in points per game. And of course, he's going to make a jump up from that. But uh, I see a lot of people, and I know here we have him, what, he's number 25 in this list. Mm -hmm. But I've seen him quite a few times jump into that top 20. And that starts to make me really nervous because when you're taking a guy there, you need a surefire guy that's going to perform for you. And Metcalf definitely has all the talent, but I need to see him put it all together. And kind of another point I'm a little concerned with is that he did drop quite a few passes last season. He was top five in the league in drops, and he really didn't have a ton of targets. I mean, he had a decent amount, but he really wasn't the focal point of the offense most of the year, and he still struggled with consistency and drops. So uh, I think he needs to work on becoming a complete wide receiver. At this point, he's more of just a big body, and I think this is a big year to determine whether he's going to be an elite Andre Johnson kind of big receiver, or if he's going to be a Kelvin Benjamin kind of flash in the pan. So uh, I'll take him if he's my wide receiver three. But once again, I really think uh, he's the kind of guy, and Blake kind of mentioned this earlier, if you're taking a guy like uh, Jarvis Landry, I mean, I think him and Metcalf make a lot of sense to pair together because if Metcalf doesn't live up to his potential, at least you can fall back on a safe guy like Jarvis Landry. But uh, I'm just not as optimistic, and I I need to see him put everything together before I'm more confident in him. And I don't think people should sleep on Lockett either. I think Lockett's Mm -hmm. a lot better than people talk about. So Yeah, yeah, we just... uh... In our Seattle Seahawks breakdown that we did, I think we mentioned that he's actually lower on this list. I don't. Yeah, yeah, he is definitely. I can't find him right now, so I'll just look for it a little bit. But now it's on to you, Blake, for Cortland Sutton at number twenty-three. Metcalf was twenty-four, not twenty-five. So we're on to Sutton at twenty-three. Uh, uh, I really wish I didn't land on this one. Okay, um, so. Cortland Sutton, fine. Okay, so I'm a Bears fan. I was a little salty about you know um, their their head coach uh, leaving the Bears and going to the Broncos, but I'm not gonna hold that bias over here. I don't I don't like the Broncos. I don't like what they're doing right now. Um, they have a lot of pieces. Um, they just drafted um, you know Jerry Judy and they got KJ Hamler. They already had uh, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton. Um, and not to mention, uh, you know, their tight ends, and they just drafted a whole another one. And I, I just don't like what this team is doing. They have, they're a run-first team for all intents and purposes. And I, I just don't believe that Cortland Sutton's going to get enough volume to be a real, um, you know, value at at wide receiver to be at a wide receiver. So I mean, I, I I'm personally not drafting it, but if I really absolutely had to. 
I, I guess I could draft him at wide receiver three, but it would really leave a gross taste in my mouth. And I, I really want to like go for someone with upside as a wide receiver four after him, because I don't see it. I think Jerry Judy could have a really good year. I just think there are too many cooks in the kitchen and no one's going to have real fancy value that you want to draft. I think they're going to be Broncos are going to be overdrafted. Um, and I think this team kind of their identity is the run right now. And so until I see something otherwise, I'm kind of staying away from Sutton and my Broncos. Yeah, they uh, we're we're kind of in the wide receiver two range too. So a lot of what you've said makes sense. But um, if there's anybody that you really want on that team, it's probably Drew Locke because he has all those weapons. Yeah, it's, exactly, exactly. And you know how uh, you know how that that organization likes their tall quarterback. So uh, Drew Locke should uh, should go off. It's gonna be fun. I think that offense is gonna be fun, but it's really hard to. You're you're probably gonna be annoyed with. Um, just certain weeks like Jerry Judy maybe going five for forty-five and Cortland Sutton having a two-touchdown game or vice versa. It's going to be it's going to be really tough with everything that they got in that offense plus the plus the run game. We're, we're and, and, one, and one thing I want to add too, it's like you know there's that really fine line between there not being enough um, assets on a, on a team and there being too many because you don't want there to be too many or else you won't be able to predict who's going to go off. But you don't want too few or else they're going to get you know double covered and they're not going to be able to live up to their numbers you know being the star only star of their team kind of like the Packers with Devonte Adams um but but th- this is too many th- this is cl- clearly too many and i'm i'm fading sun yeah it's uh, that's not a bad call at all and speaking about speaking of uh not enough stars on a team that leads us to number 22 that's me with Terry McLaurin one of the few bright spots of the Washington Redskins um i personally am not a huge fan it's mostly because of Dwayne Haskins but with Ron Rivera coming in they announced that Alex Smith is ready to at least practice. Um, it's a tricky offseason. We don't know really who's going to start under center. It's probably going to be Dwayne Haskins because he was there last year. But, I mean, Ron Rivera is now the head man in charge. He brought in Kyle Allen. They have they have Alex Smith now. So if he's holding a true quarterback competition in camp that we just don't see and don't know about, we don't know. I mean, maybe maybe one of those other two start. Uh, but with Haskins, though, he did start to start to come together a little bit. So it's I'm not completely off of McLaurin. I just I don't know. I, I just don't trust his quarterback enough to where I would want to take Terry as as my wide receiver too. There's there's other guys in that range I'm picking in a draft that I would rather have over him. I mean I mean I might even take Cortland Sutton over him too. Even with all the weapons that Denver has, I might take Cortland Sutton over Terry. Um, but he did. He finished the season last year his rookie season with 919 yards, seven touchdowns. Um, he had a couple hundred yard games, so he definitely has the ability to be a big play receiver. It's not like he was only going going two catches for 80 yards and a touchdown he had he had some five six catch yard games um a few hundred yard games so it's he's he definitely has all the talent i just until i know and at this point right now we don't even know if it's going to be haskins but until i know who's set in stone who the quarterback is i, I don't think i'm going to be um i don't think i'm going to be on the scary terry hype train i really wasn't yeah, last I year mean, either i'm gonna yeah, you know. go ahead go ahead I was going to say, I'm just going to quickly disagree and say, I'm going to believe in the talent on this one. I don't care who his quarterback is. It could be Blake Bortles. Uh, give me give me Terry McLaurin over Portland Sutton all day. Ooh, shots fired your way, Jordan. <laughs> shots fired my way. Yeah, Blake Bortles. <laughs> oh, 
screw Blake Portals. No, I mean, I love Scary Terry, too. I loved him coming out last season. Him and Haskins do have that Ohio State connection, which is super intriguing to me. And the reason that I love him is, I mean, I really think they have to play Haskins this year. They can't give up on him that quickly. He was thrown into a really crappy situation. I think he at least deserves a full season to show what he has in Washington and one of the stats that I always like to bring up is over his first six appearances, Dwayne Haskins had a 17 QBR, and then over uh, his last three games, he improved it to almost 60. So that's a drastic improvement, and that's really all you can ask from a rookie quarterback. And over those last three games, Terry McLaurin had, uh, he averaged 91 yards a game, and he had two touchdowns over the last three. So if he can continue that improvement into year two, I think that you could be looking at a potential wide receiver one in uh, fantasy formats and not to mention he doesn't have a ton of competition either so he should have a huge target share all right and then uh moving on to 21 i'm actually going to give you the option jordan uh, because you talked about 24 do you want to pass this one over to blake and then you take 20 or or how do you guys want to work this out I'll talk about Tyler Lockett. That's fine. All right, so Tyler Lockett um, comes in at 21, matching up with DK Metcalf at 24, and then uh, you got number 20, Blake. So, Okay. Yeah, and we kind of brought him up briefly when we were talking about DK Metcalf, but Tyler Lockett definitely is undervalued in terms of just his production as a wide receiver. And I'm, I'm in the minority a little bit because people say he's undervalued in fantasy leagues, but... He's pretty consistently going as a top 22 wide receiver. And he's averaged, last season, he averaged the 22nd most points per game. So he really is being drafted based on his production last season. So uh, he's under the radar, a wide receiver too. But I think people are starting to recognize that production and are drafting him appropriately. And uh, one thing that I'll bring up quickly too is he did lead the NFL in red zone targets last year which I think is super interesting because he's not the biggest guy. He's only 5'10", about 185, but this is a guy that Russell Wilson really trusts. And, you know, you have to read into that. Uh, He has a great chemistry with Russ, and uh, he's definitely not going to fade anywhere. He's one of those guys, I think he's a very safe pick. If you're taking him as a back-end wide receiver, too, I'm pretty confident that he's going to provide that value for you. All right. Uh, Blake, on to DJ Chark. What do you think about him this year? So, um... I really liked DJ Shark last year. I really, I was on, I had the Minshew Mania last year. I'm going to admit it. You know, I, I was, I went as him for Halloween. I'll have to find and see if I have a picture of myself dressed as him somewhere. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm a little nervous about Shark this year. Um, you know, he, he did well, he did really well last year. He clipped, he clipped a thousand yards. He had eight touchdowns. But there's a lot of differences with the Jaguars going into this year. And this isn't even about the team culture, which is, horrible as it is but uh they have jay gruden um as as one of their coaches i believe he's the offensive coordinator now and ben mcadoo is the quarterback's coach uh color me skeptical on that um i don't think that that's going to go very well i think uh garner Minshew is an is an okay quarterback but i don't think he's enough to overcome those hires i think this organization from the ground up is kind of um uh, a clown show, and uh, I, I'm I'm a little nervous for DJ Chark. The one bright spot I will say is that I think he's the most consistent target on the team right now. I mean, they just they just uh, added Tyler Eifert to try to see if they could resurrect that one season out of here and him to milk something out of him. And I, I, I forgive me, I just don't think that this team is much. Um, kind of the opposite of what I was saying about Cortland Sutton, DJ Chark, you know, really is um, the the bright spot in this offense. I just don't know if Gardner Minshew 
Minshew is going to actually be able to manage to get him the ball. That's that's the problem. So I'm comfortable taking him at wide receiver too and taking the risk on him. Um, and, you know, taking maybe Jarvis Landry after him because I think DJ Char could actually um, top what he did last year if he is that that vertical threat. Um, but, like, I want to even that out with the, the my wide receiver three and, like, a Jarvis Landry type. All right. Uh, going on to number 19, that's me with Keenan Allen. Um, it's another situation where we kind of know who's going to be the quarterback to begin the season, but we don't know if he's going to be there throughout the whole year. I keep on getting stuck with these guys, <laughs> Devontae Parker, <laughs> Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin. Um, but Keenan Allen's coming off three straight 16-game seasons, which is uh, that's something that seems to scare people away uh, when they're looking at Keenan Allen thinking that he has an injury history. Yeah, he was out for more than a year and a half um, earlier in his career, but since since then he's been healthy the past three years. So you can kind of push that uh, injury injury stick to the side. Um, three straight 1,000-yard seasons, uh, six touchdowns in the last three seasons all well, Six touchdowns each in the last three seasons, um, over 100 receptions in two of those seasons, and then 97 receptions in the one season before, or the one season that kind of sandwiches them in the middle. So, averaging 100 receptions in the last three seasons. I think his numbers are going to go down a little bit, um, but he is the kind of receiver that Tyrod Taylor is can can make work and and and, and be on a and can make him be a good wide receiver two, potentially wide receiver one. Um, and that's what he had in Buffalo when he had Sammy Watkins. But Keenan Allen is a, is a route runner. He's a guy that catches it in, in short space, open space, and can make, can make things happen with his, uh, with his legs. He's not the burner like Mike Williams is. Well, not Mike Williams isn't the burner, but he's not the deep threat like Mike Williams is. He's Keenan Allen is, is the route runner. He's one of the best route runners in the league. And that's what Tyrod does. He's uh he is a shorter quarterback, so a lot of his passes are gonna probably be rollouts and and trying to get to the outside so he's not throwing over six foot seven linemen. But um that's where that's where Keenan Allen thrives the best. So is his receptions and yards gonna go down? Probably, and that's why his uh and that's why his ADP has been dropping or, or has dropped significantly since even last year um, when we were drafting around this time. But I'm, I'm fully comfortable as Keenan Allen as my wide receiver, too. I would definitely take him in, in any redraft league. I mean, in Dynasty, maybe he might hold off a little bit. He's not older by any means, but he's, uh, he's, he's definitely older than guys like DJ Chark and, and T- Torrey McLaurin and Cortland Sutton. But um, I'm I'm definitely comfortable with Keenan Allen as a wide receiver too, getting him maybe at the beginning of the fourth round if he's there. Yeah, me personally, um, I try to avoid Keenan Allen. I I when I draft him, that does it say because I feel like he always comes on the second half of the year. I don't know if it was always Philip Rivers trying to make up for lost time and win some games and get Keenan the ball more. I'm not sure, but I always try to trade for him. And in the second half of the year, I thought always thought he'd thrive better. Now I don't know what's going on, what's going to happen with Tyrod Taylor, but I actually think Tyrod could probably elevate this game, kind of like you were saying. He's going to be rolling out. He doesn't want to throw over those tall guys. Um, that is to say, if if he is the quarterback, I don't I don't think Herbert will get the start right away if at all maybe in the season so i don't think we have to worry about like a mid-season quarterback change unless tyrod gets hurt or something like that yeah it's probably going to be one of those things where if uh if la is so far out of it maybe they go to herbert or if tyrod gets hurt but this could be tyrod's this could be tyrod's team for the whole season um but with them picking justin herbert at six overall there's a good chance that we do see him too Um, yeah Moving on to number 18, we got A.J. Brown here, um, former 
teammate of DK Metcalf. So you kind of just have a little pattern there going for you, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, and I was just thinking about it. You had all the wide receivers who have potential rookie QBs. You have Justin Herbert. Oh, who, wow. uh, you know, you just mentioned you probably won't play, but Joe Burrow. And uh, you also had two of there with Devontae Parker. So that's uh, you definitely planned that for yourself. <laughs> but I uh, yeah, A.J. Brown's kind of interesting to me because his ADP at 18th overall, I think is really reasonable considering the season he had last year. I expected him to kind of fly up draft boards, and I've definitely seen where he goes higher than 18th off the board. But he did finish 21st overall as a rookie, and really it was based on only one half of the season. And it really was a tale of two halves when you look at it. And when I broke it down, it was insanity. Weeks 1 through 8, he was wide receiver 46. And then from 9 through 17, he was wide receiver 5. I mean, and I mentioned this in our Titans miniseries, but this offense is all about efficiency. And I'm not going to go out there and say that they're going to be as efficient as they were last season. But A.J. Brown has all the talent in the world to be a legitimate top 10 fantasy receiver for years to come. I do think Ryan Tannehill is very underrated. I, I think he has a negative stigma because he was in Miami. And anybody coming over from Miami, we just say they suck. But, you know, the reality is he was stuck in Miami. And uh, he did have a few solid seasons there. Uh, and now that he's in a better situation, I love what the Titans are building there. I think he has an opportunity to thrive. And A.J. Brown's going to have a huge target share there. As much as I know you love your boy, Corey Davis, uh, he's not going to bite into A.J. Brown's target share that much. Jonu Smith is probably their second target right now, so he doesn't scare me as well. So between him being their number one receiver with a huge target share, even if he dips down in efficiency a little bit, but he's able to be more consistent for a full 16 game season i think that he can be a top 10 guy with a lot of upside so uh, i really like him as his adp i've taken him as my second wide receiver pretty frequently because I, I just i love the upside and the talent that he has and i really don't think he's in that terrible of a situation either no not at all like i mentioned it a couple times i think that uh i mean they're not paying ryan Tannehill over 100 million dollars for the on a four-year extension to just hand the ball off so he's going to be throwing it. I mean, it, there's definitely going to be some game situations where, okay, we could beat these guys on the ground. We'll only drop back 25 times, and that's fine. But you're not just going to – you're not paying him just to give the ball to Derrick Henry. I mean, you could just go pay me to do that if that was the case. Um, <laughs> I'd like to see that for the record. <laughs> yeah, I think I, – I second that. I don't look good in the baby blue. I can't do it. Um <laughs> Next up, we got Calvin Ridley. We got two more. We got one more for you, Blake, and one more for me. So Calvin Ridley at 17. My boy. Um, all right, so I, I love Calvin Ridley. Um, I've, I've drafted him everywhere I could the last two years. I loved him coming into the league. Um, he, he kind of um, – he, he kind of didn't disappoint last year, but we, we lost him for three games, right? So he actually, but if he actually played a full season, he would have actually finished better than his first year. So he built slightly upon his first year. Um, but the, here, my little warning is um, if you're, if you're thinking he's going to like take this massive leap forward in his third year, like a lot of wide receivers are, are known to do temp, temper your expectations because I think as long as Julio Jones is there and remaining productive, Calvin really is not going to eclipse him. I think, you know, the, the writing will be on the wall and they'll cut Julio loose at some point and then Calvin really will explode. But um, I, I don't th foresee him really like making a giant leap for this year. You know, I, I he'll probably eclipse a thousand yards. So I guess that, you know, is like 150 or so ish more uh, yards. But in terms of his touchdowns, I just don't really think it's going to happen. Um, we saw Austin Hooper 
Cooper come on last year and then he got traded away. I honestly think Hurst is actually capable of doing the same thing that Hooper did and then remaining with the team. So I think he's going to be a large red zone threat. You also have the addition of Todd Gurley, who I think is actually going to be much more efficient for them than I think a lot of people realize. I really like Gurley going out of the Falcons, even though I'm afraid of his knees. And I'm not worried about Russell Gage coming into the team and and taking any production away from Calvin. So really, it's it's all about um, Julio uh, moving on from the team. And once he does, uh, you know, I'll take Calvin Ridley as my wide receiver one. But until then, I'm taking him as a high wide receiver two, kind of like years ago when, you know, Jordy Nelson was still at the Packers. And you didn't quite want to take Devontae Adams as your wide receiver one, but he was a very, very high on wide receiver two. Yeah, yeah. I actually saw a few sites where Calvin Ridley was the 14th wide receiver off the board. I mean, I personally think that's high. Blake, do you? Do you, where are you comfortable taking him? What number? So, so if you know, if it's a 12-team league, um, and and I have to, and he's gonna, I'll, I'll take him as my. I'll take him probably around 18. I won't go. I don't think much higher than that, unless I really. Um, unless I really like hear some news about, you know, Julio getting hurt or something like that, or I, I, yeah, I can't see taking him higher than 18. It's just a little too rich for my blood. Personally, for me, I'm trying to take a running back, at least one running back in the first round. And if Calvin Ridley is my wide receiver one, I'm just a little bit nervous about taking a, um, a wide receiver as my wide receiver one when he's not the wide receiver one on his team. It's fair enough. I mean, I definitely think that within the next couple of years, um, even with Julio there, we might see a, a changing of the guard. That's kind of what happened with Julio and Roddy White. Um, but I could definitely see that Calvin Ridley kind of just taking over that wide receiver one role at some point. Um, right around where you guys have him, between 16, 17, 18, is perfectly fine uh, for me. That's that's where I would like him. And uh, he's, also the, he's also on a team that, that throws the ball a ton. And their defense, what does their defense do, Jordan? They stink. <laughs> Their defense stinks. Um, you gotta listen to our Atlanta Atlanta podcast if you want to know about that. But um, yeah, I mean, he's uh, I I would have him a little bit higher than than even where he's at now. But I mean, this is a fair spot for him. And then the final guy for me is uh, Cooper Cup. Great. Um, oh, not so not a big fan. <laughs> no, nah, I. I hate little short receivers. He's not even short. Come on. I hate when people say that. I know. He's uh it's it's one of those situations where um they got another another good pairing there. He's he could arguably be the number 1 on his team. Some people think Robert it's Robert Woods, some people think it's Cooper Cup. One way or another, Jared Goff likes to throw the ball. He likes to throw it a lot and it's going to go to those two guys with Brandon Cooks being shipped out to Houston, uh, this just opens it up for guys like Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. And uh, I'm going to say Robert Woods because he's actually the next guy on our list, but we'll talk about him next week. Um, so, Jordan, you get to start out with your best uh, wide receiver, Robert Woods, next week. But Cooper Cup, he he had a really good year last year, kind of his breakout year. I know he had uh, the year before he had six touchdowns, which I guess you could consider a breakout, but the yardage was there last year, plus he almost doubled his touchdowns to 10 um 1100 yards uh 94 receptions he didn't miss any games he was i mean he was uh as good as you could be he had a really good game against cincinnati in 
in London, but that was, I mean, a lot of people just like to look back at that one game and, and don't think that it really did anything, but he actually, if you look at his numbers, he was pretty consistent throughout the year. He had some down games and then, the, and then some better up games, but, um, he's one of Jared Goff's if, if not, he is Jared Goff's favorite target. This one actually should have been you, Jordan, because you could probably say a lot more than what I can about him. But because uh, you actually watch, watch where you, watch what you're about to say. <laughs> you watch all of his games, and but he's uh, he's definitely. I mean, I would probably personally, I would try to get a guy like Robert Woods and Calvin Ridley. If if it was like if I could if I could have those two, um, I, I tend to leave Cooper Cup on the board and let somebody else grab him. And sometimes it's gonna bite me in the ass, and I definitely understand that. But it's uh, th- that's just where I'm at with him. If you want to touch in on Cooper Cup, you can. But I would love. I'm to. only laughing because usually that person that takes him is me. <laughs> <laughs> We're always drafting next to each other. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on it briefly because I know Jordan's gonna want to say something and I'll let him be like the the last person that says something about it the last Cooper Cup word uh, I had Cooper Cup Calvin Ridley and Chris Godwin last year uh, in a keeper league and oh my god I loved it uh, in the same league starting those three was amazing I did notice that Cooper Cup towards the end of the season I believe kind of had a little bit of inconsistency I'm a little nervous for him actually as much as a fan of him as I am I think this Rams offense is changing uh, Brandon Cooks is gone. But they just brought in another wide receiver uh, in the draft that's sort of a hybrid of what Cooper Cup and Robert Woods is. So that kind of intrigued me a little bit. Um, and then you have the two tight ends. And um, I, I'm just really not sure what this offense is going to be. Then you have the, this platoon of running back. So I'm a little nervous here. So I'm kind of taking the same strategy I've taken in the years past, even when Brandon Cook was on the team. And I'm trying to take the latest Rams wide receiver I can. And I, I, I'm going to write an article sort of about this sort of um thing but when you have a team with so many different viable targets and you know um they they come at a really reasonable draft price later in the in the in the, in the draft i'm trying to take the latest one possible without kind of losing too much value if that makes sense yeah definitely that's uh i mean you definitely want a piece of the offense but you want a later piece of the offense that makes a lot of sense um yeah. jordan why don't you end us up with cooper cup here and then i'll say a couple things and then we'll go home all right I mean, I personally love that people are fading Cooper Cup, and it's not because I'm a Rams fan. I've always loved Cooper Cup, and I liked him coming in a lot, and I'm actually happy to see how productive he was. You mentioned his 2018 season that he scored six touchdowns. He only played eight games that year, too. So he was on a 12-touchdown pace, and that's one of the most underrated parts of his game right now is people, and I know you're joking about it, but it's true. A lot of people have him as this little slot guy. But he is 6'2", and he's not really that small of a wide receiver. So, I mean, he's one of the—I mean, last season, he was one of the biggest red zone threats in the entire NFL. He was third in the league in red zone receptions. He had 10 touchdowns, and, uh, you know, he ended the season with a touchdown in five straight games. So, for me, that's one of the most underrated parts of his game that people— don't really talk about and to boot he did have 94 receptions last year he finishes wide receiver four and I know this list here they have him as the wide receiver 16 but honestly in a lot of leagues I'm in I've taken him around wide receiver anywhere 22 to 25 and I'll take that all day we've already seen his upside as a top 10 guy so uh, I know a lot of people are concerned with how their offense changed at the end of last season to sum it up quickly, essentially they switched to two tight end sets and two wide receivers. And a lot of those situations, Cooper Cup got booted, which you can see because the snap percentage went down in the second half of the season. But in those two wide receiver sets, they were really playing Woods and Brandon Cooks. And without Brandon Cooks, 
I just can't see them not playing Woods and Cooper Cup in those two wide receiver sets. I do love Van Jefferson, who you kind of alluded to. They drafted. It was funny when we did our pre-draft stuff. I said how much I loved Van Jefferson, and then the Rams went out and grabbed him. But, I mean, for me personally, Cooper Cup is a guy that Jared Goff trusts. He's going to be in the game, I mean, a ton. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, they're worried about a snap percentage. But the reality is he's a huge red zone threat. I'd put him down for anywhere between 8 to 10 touchdowns. And, you know, he hasn't actually been on a pace below 10 touchdowns in his career thus far. So realistically, give or take 10 touchdowns. 80 or so receptions, 1,100 yards, and you're looking at a guy that can be top 15. So I think 16 is fair value for him, but if you can grab him even later, he has a ton of upside. Is 15 the highest that you would grab him? Yeah, honestly, I think in my rankings I had him 14th, so just one spot higher. But, I mean, I think that's fair for him just because I do recognize – the uh, competition he has with Robert Woods, especially if Tyler Higby has a huge season. I'm not huge in Tyler Higby, but if he continues his success, that's another mouth to feed there. And another mouth to feed who we didn't touch on. I mean, not a, not a, not a large target share, but Josh Reynolds is also there. Um, that is another, this is another person, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up before we close it out was um, I was kind of counting these things, and we have seven pairings within the top 30 uh so seven seven uh teams have two guys from their on their from their wide receivers in the top 30 since he has wow. two guys cleveland has two guys seattle uh we didn't touch on both atlantas we didn't touch on any of tampa's yet um and then the rams we still got the other ram so that's i mean that's almost half this list half of the top 30 is from two to or you know what I mean. I know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's uh, that's wide receivers catching the ball, throwing football stuff. Yeah, that exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Sports. Does that uh, does that? I mean, do you have anything to kind of feed off of that, or kind of just threw something at you? I mean, I think the biggest thing when you look at those offenses, and it's one of the reasons that I look at scheme a lot, those are some of the most high-volume passing offenses in the league. And that's the reason they can support two wide receivers. I mean, when you're looking at I have it, I did have it up. I, uh, but when you look at the uh, biggest or highest-volume passing offenses in the league, you have Atlanta at one, the Rams at three, Tampa at four, Cincinnati at six. I mean, they're all pretty much in the top six. So uh, that's the reason they can support that volume. And I talk about that a lot when we talk about, I don't, for some reason, I've seen Ian Thomas a lot on Twitter recently. And uh, I'm not a big Ian Thomas fan in Carolina because I don't know how heavy of a passing scheme that's going to be this year. But, you know, I look at that a lot is certain offenses can support more targets than others and i think that's what you see there all right so i think that's going to do it for today's show um next week we'll get down to the last 15 wide receivers from 15 to 1 kicking us off with robert woods uh so we'll we'll have those next week for you we're only like i said at the beginning of the show we're about a month away from the regular season by the time this airs it's going to be like 28 days or so 27 days before the regular season houston and, and the kansas city chiefs kick off the regular season for us um so by then i mean within the next couple of weeks we're gonna know roster cuts we're gonna have uh we're gonna have some competitions that are gonna be more clear we'll see who's 
we'll hopefully see who's starting in LA, see who's starting in Miami, um, see how Joe Burrow looks with his wide receivers. There was a video that was out a couple days ago that uh, that had Joe Burrow throwing the ball. So at least they're they're trying to get some cameras in the training camp, and so we could see. But um, obviously with all the COVID stuff going on, it's a little tougher than it has been the past couple of years. Uh, Hard Knocks is going to be by the time this episode air or shows that's uh hard, hard knocks would have already started so um i know i'm pretty sure the three of us are going to be watching that at some point so we'll, we'll get a little bit of a football fix and kind of see what goes on behind closed doors uh I, I always enjoy watching i've been watching them since the beginning so um anything you want to say jordan or blake before we before we close it up nope i'm good all right just uh make sure you guys Check out the hotspot, Fantasy Hotspot. Make sure you guys check out Fantasy Mafia uh, on Facebook. Check out www.thefantasymafia.com. Check out our YouTube, which is The Fantasy Mafia. Um, these episodes are also available audio only. Uh, they're uploaded to Anchor. Uh, so you have, if you have the Anchor app, you can listen to it there. And if not, Anchor distributes them to Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, or Google Podcasts. Um, Spotify is personally one of my favorites, so I always seem to go to that one. You could get all the episodes in order. You could start from the beginning. You could start from the most recent. Work your way down. Um, it'll, for the most part, I know Spotify. If you start with one episode, just roll into the next. So if you're at work, you got your earphones in your ear. You don't have to keep on going to your phone and clicking next track or whatever. It'll just roll into the next episode, and that's pretty cool. Because uh, I do personally, I work with gloves on, so I hate to have to take my gloves off and go to the next episode. So for me, it works out. Um, we have been doing some razzes in our in the fantasy hotspot group. Check those out. Uh, we got a lot of jerseys in. I think we're close to like 30, 35 jerseys right now that we have in stock. So um, a lot of big name players. We got Joey Bosa, George Kittle. Uh, we got Donovan McNabb. So we got some retired players there too. Uh, Jordan has the whole list uh, on him. And uh, anything else that that I missed, Jordan? I couldn't have said it better myself. All right. So until next week, when we get down to our top 15 wide receivers, we'll see you guys then.